Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every day, decisions are made across Maine that impact our environment, and Mainers play a crucial role as we speak up for climate action, the clear air, clear water, and open spaces that we all love. Come sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories that you need to know, what lies ahead, and hear what you can do about it. Thanks for listening as we share our view from the front lines. The State House in Augusta is once again bustling with activity, and NRCM's experts uh, have been hard at work identifying our top priorities for the 2023 legislative session that will protect Maine's climate, water, wildlife, and outdoors. Uh, this is your Frontline Voices host, Colin Durant. And I'm here today with NRCM's Advocacy Director, Pete Didesheim, to detail some of the issues and bills that we're going to be tracking. I love this table-setting conversation because it always gives a really good big picture of what our supporters can expect coming up. And of course, as always, you all, our listeners, our supporters, are going to be critical in helping us achieve our agenda at the Statehouse. Um, So hi, Pete. Good to see you again. Glad to be here, Colin. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. And so just before we get started, I wanted to note some great clean energy news that we just received that just broke today. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, um, that's a U.S. federal agency today, announced it would move forward reviewing plans for uh, what would be the nation's first floating offshore wind research array in federal waters located 29 miles off the coast of Maine. This 15, approximately 15 square mile research array would deploy up to 12 floating offshore wind turbines using really innovative technology that's being developed by University of Maine researchers and and, and students and scientists. Um, And it's gonna be used to gather data, scientific data, so we can better understand how offshore wind can be developed, responsibly developed in the Gulf of Maine to avoid or mitigate impacts to wildlife and other users of, of the Gulf. So. You know, we're going to talk much more about this in a future podcast. So for now, let's just shift back to the topic at hand. Pete, you've already been over at the State House several times since the beginning of the year, since the legislature kicked off. What's the state of play right now? Well, as you mentioned, Colin, it's bustling. It's it's actually feeling kind of like it did pre-pandemic. There's uh, lawmakers are all showing up in person. The halls are filled with members of the public and lobbyists and people interested in the process, uh, legislative staffers. Uh, new legislators are finding their way. As we've mentioned previously, there's a record number of new legislators. Uh, the committees are just beginning to hold their orientation meetings. Uh, the committee membership was announced uh, at the end of at, of the end of the year. There's a lot of new uh, committee chairs, and these committees are just starting to to get to know who each other is within the within those committees. Uh, the first public hearings really are just starting next week. So it's a it's it's kind of a hurry up and wait moment where there's a lot of legislation that's in the pipeline. Uh, the committees are waiting for these bills to be printed and referred to committee. Uh, the budget was just released by the governor. The supplemental budget just came out. So it's the the gears of the process are just getting going, and then it's going to pick up uh, and and get moving pretty fast. Yeah, especially as those hearings start. Well, one of the you just alluded to this. One of the most eagerly anticipated moments of the beginning of the legislative session has already happened. That's when I think it's the revisor's office, right, releases yep. the list of proposed bills. This session, uh, they're 
been more than 2,000 new bills proposed by the legislature. I know you've already spent many hours studying this list of bill titles, almost like the next day you had the, I did. the analysis uh, to us and our colleagues and other environmental groups. So what's your big picture assessment of these 2,000 bills? So right it's now. a lot of bills. It's like 2,123 bills to be exact. And then the federal, and then the state agencies has a separate list of bills that they introduced. Uh, these were all introduced by the, the deadline. It's called closure. It was December 31st. A thousand bills were submitted to the revisor's office on that last day. Uh, so a lot of deadline performers there. <laughs> um, and there's, you know, there's, a, that's a lot of bills. This yeah. is a, this is going to be, a busy legislative session. In in the main legislature, every bill gets a public hearing. It's not like the U.S. Congress where bills are introduced and never see the light of day. Here, every bill gets its moment in the sun and an opportunity for the public to testify for or against, neither for nor against, and then it goes through a work session. So the committees have a pretty heavy lift. There's mm -hmm. near, they're like There's 90 bills on climate and clean energy alone at the energy uh, utilities and technology committee. So big picture, lots of very positive bills, some mm -hmm. negative bills. We can get into that in a little we, bit, but, yeah, we talk about but that, yeah. um, overall, we're quite excited. And generally speaking at the, at the big picture level, I feel pretty confident that we're going to, um, we're going to have some significant environmental successes this year. I think we're going to build on the momentum that we've uh, started to create over the last four years, which were some of the um, the most productive and positive uh, uh, years for environmental uh, policymaking in, mm -hmm. in 40 years. And I think we're going to continue to build on that success uh, this year as well. So exciting to be part of that progress in the past few years and, and you know, looking forward. Um, let's just shift to some of our top priorities, um, starting with, you just mentioned it, climate and clean energy. What are some of the important bills or topics we're looking at this year? Well, you mentioned the decision by BOEM, uh, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, um, on offshore wind. Offshore wind is going to be a really big topic in this legislative session. There's a bill that's been introduced that's a top priority for NRCM and many other uh, environmental organizations, clean ener energy organizations, introduced by Senator Mark Lawrence from York County. It's an offshore wind procurement bill. It includes components from the offshore wind roadmap that's being developed by a broad group of stakeholders. And it would have it would direct the PUC to go through a series of phased procurements uh, that would result in 2,800 megawatts of uh, deep offshore floating uh, turbine wind uh, generated in the Gulf of Maine by 2035. There's also some labor components, some workforce components, equity, mitigation planning. Mm -hmm. It's a really good bill, important bill. There'll be a lot of conversation about that. And there'll be a good bit of conversation about port development because uh, offshore wind uh, is going to require substantial infrastructure and a port where the work can be done to assemble these turbines before transporting them out to sea. And that's going to be a tremendous opportunity for job creation. These are going to be good jobs working closely with the labor uh, unions on this. And there's several bills introduced uh, dealing with possible port development. We'll be following those closely. And they span a spectrum. <clears throat> there's going to be some who don't really want very much port development and some who want to be very thoughtful in moving ahead with port development. So that offshore wind topic is a biggie. And let me just mention a couple other quick ones. 
Uh, there's a solar procurement bill that Senator uh, Vitelli will uh, introduce. It's going to also direct the PUC to proceed with some uh, phased procurements on solar, grid-scale solar, and that's got some components dealing with storage also, energy storage, which will be important. There's a couple of bills dealing with solar siting, including one that Representative Landry has introduced that would create a, a mitigation <clears throat> bank so that uh, for uh, the protection of, of additional wildlife habitat uh, that may be impacted for, from big solar projects. And then there's also a bill that Senator Troy Jackson's introduced to authorize, give approval for the Aroostook County transmission line if the P Public Utilities Commission decides to move ahead with that program. So those are just some of the biggies in uh, renewable energy that we're excited about. A lot of other other bills dealing with clean energy and, and climate in other ways too. Good. Well, let's shift gears to... Um... Uh, you know, a topic that actually we saw a lot of progress on in the last couple of years, as, as you mentioned, uh, recycling and product stewardship. What what's um, what do you see in this legislative session on 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 the on that topic of like waste reduction? So one area that's going to get a lot of attention and it's going to be a pretty significant uh, policy making process deals with the bottle bill. So Maine's bottle bill is is really our most successful recycling program. It's been around since 1976 is when it was initially passed. Uh, interesting um, little note, uh, then uh, a young lawyer, uh, Angus King, was hired by NRCM as a 31-year-old lawyer to lobby for us at the State House in 1976 to help get the bottle bill passed into law. And uh, the bottle bill um, needs some significant uh, assistance through legislative action. Uh, there needs to be um, an immediate increase in the handling fee, and Senator Ann Carney has a bill that would achieve that. That's going to help keep redemption centers from closing down. They're having trouble uh, attracting and retaining uh, staff in the face of inflation and increasing costs, and their handling fee is locked into statute. And then uh, Representative Hepler has a bill that has a number of provisions to improve, modernize, uh, make more efficient the operations of the bottle bill. It's going to be complicated, and uh, Sarah Nichols of our staff is is going to be right in the middle of those discussions at the State House. Eight different bills have been introduced dealing with the bottle bill alone, so we'll be right in the middle of that. That's really kind of the biggest recycling and product stewardship conversation that'll happen this year at the State House, and it's an important one for NRCM. Mm, very important, and you know, I mean, a lot of people interact with that that bill and the local redemption centers, which, you know, are, are, are struggling. So an important bill to help, to help them out too. Um, let's shift to, let's shift to a, another, another topic that we all care about. Um, uh, I know that NRCM is interested in helping pass a bill that would provide more funding for trails. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that bill? Yeah, we're excited about this bill. Uh, Representative Jessica Fay from Raymond, she's on the Appropriations Committee, has introduced a bill. Uh, we're calling it the Main Trails Bond. It'd be a $30 million bond that would support the design and uh, construction and maintenance of trails statewide. This would be for non-motorized and motorized and multi-use trails, including those for active transportation, uh, for commuting to places that people work, and also uh, recreational trails. Uh, we really see Maine is having the potential to move up to 
one of the top tier states in the nation recognized for our trails. Broadly, our trails for all types of, of activities. And we know that communities and groups throughout the state uh, have identified uh, trail projects that they'd really like to pursue. So we're excited about this. It needs to get a two thirds vote in the House and Senate uh, at the end of the legislative process uh, and, and then approved by the governor and sent out to the voters who would be the ultimate uh, um, uh, deciders on whether to approve this. So this is one that you'll hear a lot more about from NRCM. We think this is a great opportunity for a big tent coalition to, to urge the legislature to support our trails. Totally. You know, and, and really, and you know, during the pandemic, more people have discovered the value of our trails than ever before. And they've identified the needs for additional investments in trails that really connect us to the natural world and connect communities together and and are ways to, to just to separate from our from our devices and technology and just appreciate this place th that we live in. Yeah, and we had Jenny from Maine Outdoor Brands on recently on the podcast, and she emphasized another point, which is how important these resources, these trails, our outdoor spaces are to, to Maine's economy, right? To local businesses here in Maine. And, and that's another really important, important thing. I, th I think they become such a draw for people who then spend money here, which is also a good thing. It's true. I mean, it's you've got the Appalachian Trail, you've got the you've got kayak, uh, Maine Island kayak trail, you've mm -hmm. got the forest canoe trail, you've got uh, snowmobiling trails, you've got fabulous opportunities for for longer trail corridors in the state. You know, it's yeah. a real important resource that many states just don't have. You know, just don't have anything like this. Yeah, pretty exciting moment. Um, so what are some of the other? We talked about some high level specifics. What are some other priorities for NRCM that we're going to be looking at? Uh, there's some energy efficiency bills that we really, uh, you know. I think are critical. Uh, there's some legislation dealing with electric vehicles and uh, and buses. So you know more mobile, you know more opportunities for for transit. Um, there's a bill to create a forest advisory uh, council that we think is um, has a lot of, of value. Would be a main forest advisory board. Uh, that bill's been introduced by Representative Maggie O'Neill. And it would ensure that there's broader stakeholder input regarding Maine forest policy. Um, our forests are such an important resource uh, and part of the state. You know, something like 17 million acres of the state is forested. And that plays an increasingly important role for all sorts of uses. Of course, the forest products industry, also for recreation, but also for, for carbon sequestration, for habitat corridors in a changing climate. And uh, in many other states have these forest advisory boards. We we believe pretty strongly that Maine should have one too, so that there is more conversation about what's happening in our forest, how they're being managed, and how we're planning for the future. So those are just a few. I mean, as I mentioned, there are, uh, you know, 2,100 bills. The work I did over the weekend, I probably spent four or five hours on this. I, I went through that whole list and reformatted and changed the kind of document type and pull it into spreadsheets. There's 277 bills that I've ident identified that are potentially of interest to NRCM and the environmental community. Obviously, we won't testify on all, all of those, but there's literally hundreds of bills <laughs> that are uh, that deal with the environment in some way. And, and you know, that's 
kind of normal uh, at this point in a two-year legislature. We usually find hundreds of bills that have been introduced, some bad, some good, some mm -hmm. fantastic, some not very well thought out. But, um, but you know, every one of them is going to have a public hearing, so we've got to pay attention to those um, as they're moving through the system. Yeah, and I think just a reflection of how important the environment, the outdoors are to Maine, right? The, Absolutely. The, the, the fact that there's so many bills. Well, you mentioned this before, but every session there seems to be bills seeking to roll back some of this progress we've talked about, seeking to weaken some of Maine's environmental safeguards and programs. Are there any bills that that you're concerned about that you think uh, you know our listeners should be concerned about and tracking? Well, there's at least 15 rollback bills that I've identified. And again, we've only seen the bill titles so the what the you know the list that was released over the weekend you know almost a couple hundred pages of bill titles um, we don't know what the bills actually say but you can tell a lot from the title of bills and for a number of these titles they uh, there's a bill to end Maine's uh, plastic bag ban there's a bill to terminate the paint recycling program those are two uh, important product stewardship programs. There's a ban on offshore wind power development, a complete ban. Uh, there's a, a proposal to repeal net energy billing. Our so, you know, that's a really important residential solar program. There's a bill to stop all state subsidies and incentives for electric vehicles. Uh, there's a bill to prevent municipalities from restricting fossil fuel consumption in their in their towns. So there's there's quite a number that are that mm. are problematic. Um, we do have to uh, devote attention. We think a number of these will be dead on arrival, uh, but some of them will will gain uh, you know a little bit of traction. But I I generally believe that we we still have a pretty strong bipartisan pro environment legislature that doesn't want to go backwards on the environmental policies that we put into place. And so we're we're we will just you know. We will tell it like it is. You know, mm -hmm. these are rollback bills, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's not the direction that Maine people want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything I, I want to end by asking you how our listeners can stay involved and stay up to speed? But before I do that, is there anything else you want to mention um, about the bills, the legislation? I, I feel like we covered it all, but you know, I think there's there's um, there's so many. Um, new legislators that we're still getting to meet. Uh, I think many of the listeners here, um, I, you know, the, I think the most important thing is if you've heard about, if you've heard us just mention some bills that are of interest to you, the trails bond, offshore wind, fixing the bottle bill, um, you know, those are all, those are all big, important issues. Start conversations with your, with your uh, elected representative and your Senator and just start, Started at the high level of of mentioning that that you support these bills and you want to you know want to you want to see them vote in support of them too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, we know that that's some of the most effective. That's one of the most effective things that oh, people can do, completely. right? Speak to their yeah. legislature legislator, excuse me, uh, personally, uh, and 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 just know that people are behind clean energy or behind. Uh, like you said, updating the bottle bill. So yeah, and as we've, I mean, we've noted this many times before, but but for many of these legislators, even though there are hundreds and hundreds of bills, they tend to only hear from a you know on a on a handful of them, 
And often if they get five or 10 um, phone calls or emails or letters, that can feel like a landslide to them on some mm -hmm. of these bills. So I just want to make sure that people feel like and understand that they have quite a bit of power in this in this equation. And it's the reason we have been so successful in Maine over the last 50 years is because Maine people have reached out to communicate to their legislators that they support uh, various pending environmental bills. Mm -hmm. that, that makes the difference. Absolutely. Well, so so how, how can someone stay involved, uh, up to speed with what's happening? Things move quickly. You know, a hearing pops up. Uh, we might want people to testify. We might want people to send emails or have those conversations. What what are your recommendations for to people? Well, certainly, if 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 you're not on our action alert uh, system, you should go onto our website and register because we'll keep you informed of upcoming uh, public hearings. <clears throat> There's also a web page on our on our website that that provides bill tracking information of our top priority bills. It's not going to cover all 277 bills, but those that we, you know, are our top priority bills, uh, we will have information about, we'll have a link to fact sheets, link to our testimony, information about upcoming public hearings. And I think just, you know, continuing to, to listen to our podcast and, and uh, you know, listen, you know, keep an eye out for webinars and other, other ways that we will continue to, to try to make sure that, that members, supporters, those who are interested in these issues are continuing to learn about what's happening at the state house and what happens at the state house is highly consequential hmm. and i am i've been doing this job quite a while and i am still enormously impressed with the work the hard work done by maine's lawmakers on all sides of of the political equation to to advance the best interests of the people of maine and they um they do work hard on our environmental and clean energy issues. And so, you know, please, please be in, engaged, come up and testify. And this year there's gonna be hybrid hearings. So you will be able to testify in person, but you also will be able to, to log on through the, you know, register through the portal on the main legislature website to, so that you can deliver your testimony uh, from the comfort of your own living room or your own office and you don't have to give up a whole day driving to Augusta just to deliver your three minutes of testimony. So that's great. It keeps the system and process open. And mm -hmm. I think hearings will be live streamed. There'll be a way to look at hearings. There's just a lot of ways to to stay engaged in and uh, and just you know go to our website. There's lots of tools that'll help you um, prepare testimony, deliver testimony, stay stay involved. That's great. Yeah. And the website's nrcm.org, if you don't know already. And Pete talked about webinars. We're actually going to be hosting a webinar um, with Pete and several of our experts on February 2nd, uh, interactive sort of Zoom meeting where we can, where we're going to be digging into much more detail about these priorities that Pete just talked about. We'll, uh, we'll be talking about those top priority bills and in, in more ways you can get involved. So definitely go to nrcm.org, check out events, to register for that event if yeah. you wanna if if you wanna um tune in. Um Pete, thanks so much again for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um and thanks to our listeners as always for listening. Uh just a reminder if you like uh, if you like what you heard, please give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. That really helps spread the word and get the um and get and get more people seeing it. Um and also uh please share it with your family, friends and neighbors and thanks again for listening.
Thanks for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and several other podcast listening apps. Since 1959, NRCM has been tapping into the power of the Maine people, science, and the law to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. To learn more about our work, visit nrcm.org or follow us on Facebook,